1: i finished these fights
2: Give me a hell yeah.
1: top rope nation learn to love it it's the best thing going today. what's up guys thanks for staying up late with us this is episode 70 of top rope nation live here on youtube special pay-per-view post uh post show live cast i'm ryan Drosty, your host And I'm joined by my usual two sidekicks here, Kyle Ross, Justin Joint, and the fourth man on the panel tonight, making his return to Top Rope Nation. You know him from the Oversell podcast in the past. It's been a little while since he's been talking pro wrestling, but he's a longtime buddy of ours. Mr. Derek Schropel is here with us to break down WWE SummerSlam just went off the air Well, like 15 to 20 minutes ago, Uh, we got we got some hot emotions here on the line tonight. So I think we're going to have a good show. Uh, Quick hot takes on what went down here with uh, I think we're going to start off right away with this Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match. But let me throw it out to you guys first. I just want to know what you guys thought. Um, Just a thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down. As far as tonight's show went, I would give it a thumbs up. Justin, what about you?
2: Yeah, two thumbs up. I um, I think it was one of the best SummerSlams ever. And uh for WWE to entertain us nonstop for four hours straight is rarity, but I think they pulled it off tonight.
1: All right. One of the best SummerSlams ever. That's high praise right there. What do you think, Derek?
3: Uh I I was really excited, not with just SummerSlam this weekend, but WWE Together as a whole with NXT this weekend, just was a nonstop entertaining weekend of professional wrestling. That NXT show Saturday was awesome. SummerSlam, I thought was really good. One of the better ones in a few years. I was really happy with this show. And I managed to stay awake through it all, which is impressive.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're definitely going to talk NXT because that was a hell of a show last night. This was, if you're a wrestling fan and you were not entertained these last 24 hours, you need to tune out of professional wrestling because we got some great matches the last two nights I so and-
3: I've got to throw a special shout out to a guy that's a local independent wrestler here in the, I'll say the Mid-South area of Memphis, Mississippi. He uh, wrestled at Joey Janela's show this weekend in New York City. His name is Marco Stunt. And apparently he set the world on fire at Joey Janela's show and people could not stop raving about it. So I want to give a special shout out to that guy. I've, I've commentated a match with him that he did at a local Memphis show and seeing that guy blow up and probably he's now all going to be at all in and probably PWG is going to end up booking this guy too. So I want to throw a special shout out to him.
1: Very nice. Good Uh, takes. Yeah. Kyle, what'd
0: you think? It was a thumbs up show. Uh, It didn't feel well. It felt like six. I guess the pre-show was pretty worthless, but um, as far as the four-hour main show, paced about as well as any big four WWE show in a while. Like it really didn't drag. Um, so it was good in that
1: regard. Yeah, I would agree. Um, so should we guys, should we just start with that main event? Because I think anyone tuning in right now, that's probably what's fresh on their mind is is what we just saw in the reigns, Lesnar match. And then we'll kind of go back through the rest of the card after that. I think, um, but, uh, (laughs) might as well, (laughs) tell me because we were texting back and forth as that match was going on, especially with Braun coming out. Um, I mean, just to start off, Braun Strowman. Obviously, if we're going to talk about the main event, we got to mention Braun Strowman just completely demolished Kevin Owens um, earlier in the night. Did not lose the Money in the Bank briefcase, which I know myself and Justin were a little—I wouldn't say pissed off, but Oh, now. you were pissed. <laughs> not uh, not thrilled with the way that match went. Uh, and of course, you were pissed when Finn Balor did the same thing to Baron Corbin, right?
0: I didn't. I didn't really care about that match either way. Oh, oh, really? Oh, a heel didn't get any offense in. Oh,
1: okay. I, was I didn't. For I didn't really. Not for the constable. Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay.
1: Justin, I know you were you were not so happy with the KO match. <laughs>
2: it, only as a a mark. I mean, I, I get it. Uh, you know, Story wise, it, it makes sense for Braun, especially where you know he's going and where he ended up at the end of the night. I I just feel bad for. Kevin Owens, who, you know, is throwing himself out off, off the top of steel cages. And, you know, that's his reward.
1: Yeah. So we had Braun um, still with the Money in the Bank briefcase. So we kind of talked about in our preview show how they would work that into this main event, because if you had Braun cashing in. After Roman wins, which um, is what most people expected, Roman would win the universal title, we talked about how that would completely cut off Roman's likes, right? We've been building up for three years to Roman Reigns finally beating Brock Lesnar. And if you were to have Strowman cash in, what's the point? So instead, we did get Strowman coming out at the very beginning of the match. And so my initial reaction was we were going to have a triple threat match. And... I thought this was really strange because Braun came out and he talked about how uh, he didn't he knows the history of the money in the bank briefcase and he doesn't want to be a coward. Right. And so he's here to tell them that he's going to be watching this match. From the front row, and he's going to cash in after the match. So they should know that he's right there. Now, what the hell? Is this not a coward move in and of itself? And This this is what we are texting about.
2: It's basically you're announcing I'm a coward instead of just being a coward.
1: It made no sense at all. So here's Braun, and he could have just cashed in and joined and made it a triple threat, which I assumed is what was going to happen. And instead, he's going to be a coward and watch from the front row. Whatever. So we did get a, a pretty... Uh, a match that was pretty short, which we were hoping for, um, but they definitely and this is where I'm going to bring in Justin because he wasn't real happy with the finish. Uh, they definitely protected Brock Lesnar. So Justin, you were out there on our Twitter page at Nation, live tweeting this match. Give me your hot take, your first reaction to the outcome in the main event at SummerSlam.
2: They have to have a guarantee from Brock that he's coming back for at least one more match at say WrestleMania against Braun. Otherwise, why the fuck are we protecting this guy still? Uh, he's the guy who, you know, ended uh The Undertaker streak at WrestleMania and the only clean loss he's going to take is from fucking Goldberg. It's just it's, just,
1: it's <laughs> <For> the greats. One <laughs> of the greats. Yes.
2: It just doesn't make any sense to me. It, the only way that main event works is if he's coming back and I know I guess I think not just myself but a lot of people thought this was very possible the end of Brock Lesnar and WWE
1: so I do want to throw this out there if you guys are watching live right now here on YouTube uh go ahead and tell us what you thought of the main event here of SummerSlam throw it out in the live chat we'll read some of your comments on the air uh Kyle what did you think of of the outcome in the main event here two ways to look at it uh Stuff you guys
0: pointed out, as far as the storytelling goes, yeah, it was a little eh, I think. Um, I wasn't happy that Brock was protected a little bit. The usage of Strowman was confusing, not only in the sense of him, I'm not a coward, but I'm not cashing in right now. I'll wait till you guys are done wrestling. And then, not only that, but the cash-in not happening, oh, by the way, after the match, because Brock took him out. So... That was a little confusing and not great, but here's where you have to look at it. Why was all this done in this manner? It was to get, or at least lessen, because there were still some anti-Roman chants, obviously. There's always going to be. It was to get the quote-unquote desired reaction from Roman by Vince. Vince decided, hey... Okay, how am I going to get the crowd not to turn on this match right away? Well, I'll bring Braun out. Who gives a fuck if what he says makes sense? If he's out there, we'll get the crowd. And, you know, I was texting you guys. I'm like, I'm literally ready for anything to happen in the next five minutes. Like, it's all on the table right now.
1: Um, And I, I just got that text message from you, by the way. It literally just popped up on my phone. There's some problems going There's on some problems with Get your it. network, Kyle. Oh, it's my net. Oh, it's my network. Oh, so you're going to put your phone bills lap. on time, Kyle. i going to put this in my lap. Okay. The, the, guy yes. in the,
3: the guy right smack dab in the middle of Iowa is blaming a dude in a major metropolitan city in Ohio. Hey, man. Thank we you, have some of the
0: best cellular service people of all time right there, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but so it, it was funny because so Roman Witt pins him, okay. And I'm like, okay, all right. But all right, now we're going to do Roman Braun. And then I'm like, and then we're going to do Roman Braun. And then I'm like, okay, we're not going to do Roman Braun. And the SummerSlam graphic comes up at the bottom and they didn't do it. So this was the whole thing. Yeah, there was whole logicals you could drive a truck through. But it was all done with the intention of, hey, we can use this stuff for future Roman Reigns video packages. And I can excuse some of it solely because at least Brock Lesnar is not the universal champion anymore. I think for that, amen,
2: amen, brother.
0: Yeah. I think for that and that alone, I'll forgive anything that maybe I didn't like. Um, I thought it was gonna be a double whammy that, you know, we were going to get rid of the briefcase too, but, oh, well I, I could take it, you know, and I love, by the way, love Daniel Cormier going on Twitter.com and saying nice, phys- just ripping Brock's physique. <laughs> I did think that too. He looked a
1: little. Well, gee, I, than usual, I'll gee I wonder why. I wonder if someone's about ready to enter the USADA testing pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I got that too. Um, obviously, the reason they set Strowman out there was to lessen the blow from the fans um, there in Brooklyn because. All of us, all four of us were down there in New Orleans at WrestleMania, and that was uh, brutal to watch live. So this wasn't going to go over any better. But do you guys think that they should have just thrown Braun in and made it a triple threat? I mean, he still could have had Roman win. He still could have beat Brock, and Braun wouldn't have had to lose. Um, does it make Braun look like too much of a coward to have not cashed in right at the start of the match? What do you think, Derek?
3: I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here, and I actually liked everything that happened in that main event. Um, one thing I really liked was when Lesnar started attacking Strowman, one of the and it's a, with me, I noticed small things him launching that briefcase to the entryway, I thought was spectacular, now I kind of held my breath because if he throws it wrong, some dude's going to get smacked in the head and the WWE's going to get sued or whatever like that, but I, I enjoyed, I like Brock you know, taking the chance of, you know, if I get past Roman, I've already got Braun beaten down and then launching the uh briefcase into the entranceway is making it harder for Braun to cash in. So do I I mean that's that statement, I don't know. Maybe he could have what if he would have just done this? Come out and just stood there the whole time during the match with that briefcase and not cut that promo. Would that have changed what you guys thought?
1: For me, not really, because I, I would have been wondering why the hell he's not cashing in. <laughs> I, st- I still I still would have wondered the same thing. But no, I think, I think overall I liked it. I think, I think all of us kind of feel the same way that this was just something we wanted to see get out of the way, like get the belt off Brock. Now can we finally do something heading forward on raw with the top title belt? You know, that was, it was something that had to happen. Um, you know, I was watching the the show with a group of people here that are not the biggest Roman Reigns fans <laughs> and uh, um, their hate for Roman Reigns has made me more of a fan of him just to kind of tease them. But uh you know, when Roman won, I'm just like, okay, finally, we've been waiting three years for this. Now, can we do something interesting? That, that's kind of just the takeaway for me from the main event. I don't think the, the crowd was as bad as they thought it would be. I think it got as good of a reaction as it possibly could have. And so here we are, Roman Reigns, Universal Champion. Raw finally has a world champion.
3: And I didn't see anything about beach balls going on through the Barclays. So too, <laughs> so, no, know.
0: because it's it's they bas- they basically grabbed the crowd's ADHD by the throat and said, no, you won't, yeah. is what this was. It was like, oh, here's Braun Strowman. You better keep your eye on Braun Strowman. Don't yeah. get <laughs> a beat ball because Braun Strowman's here. And then we're going to have the red hot start to the match. Um, I don't know about you guys. I thought they were basically going to repeat the Goldberg finish, to be honest. Yeah. Um, they didn't. Match kind of went going on, but th- there was really no breaks. They just, like, again. You guys have all made some good points with the logic maybe not being there, but I think all things considered, you know, given venue, what could have happened um, with the crowd, I'll I'll call this a success just because, you know, again, Brock Lesnar, who I think is probably one of the three most unprofessional (laughs) big-time wrestlers of all time, only topped by Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash, uh, you, you know, is not the champion anymore, and I'll take that.
3: You know, I'm going to go back to something Kyle said a couple of weeks ago on your show, and he said, you know, we always bag on the WWE, and then in the end, we always say, by damn, Vince McMahon did it again, and sure enough, I think he pulled it off this time.
1: (laughs) That is the Kyle Ross
0: line right there. This match was just all about Vince McMahon feeling good about himself and being like, hey, the crowd didn't shit on Roman Reigns when he won the title. That's what this was. Yeah. That's what this was more than anything else that that's, you have to realize that's what this was. It was not about telling a classic professional wrestling story. It was, I want to get in. I want to get out. I got my video package.
1: Yeah, I think that's, <laughs> I can't really disagree with that. So Kyle, what you're saying is that finally crowned that it? of course you can't disagree with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they finally crowned him. Roman Reigns has been crowned. Finally, you know, Yeah, yeah, I guess,
0: you know, I mean, it's so funny, this whole thing that we're like coronating him because he's been coronated before. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, him beating Triple H at WrestleMania was an alleged coronation. I guess, Um, you know, I just finally he beat Brock, I I think is what this is all about.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I know what this is all
3: about. Yeah. Now we just need that Matt Riddle cash in at some point.
1: (laughs) We're going to get to that, too. (laughs) Yeah, so for those of you tuning in right now, I do want to say, uh, if you've you've never tuned into the show before, we put out a podcast every week. You can check us out on iTunes, everywhere podcasts are found, topropenation.com. If you're liking this post show, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Check out all of our YouTube videos. Uh, We are doing these pay-per-view post shows every month now, uh, live. So look forward to every every month, as well as a pay-per-view preview show, which we put out uh, a few days ago. Here on YouTube and I got to say guys Our uh, predictions were pretty much In line with a lot of the matches There were some surprises uh, Down the line but uh, I did not see the pre-show by the
3: way Did you guys watch the pre-show? R.I.P. Yeah because I, I got revival. A... R.I.P. <laughs> that's I, that's what that when I sent you a text That said yeah. in my head that was like This is what R.I.P. the revival Alright was-
0: I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk Derek off the ledge here, okay, it's all good I because mean, it's I- funny you brought up the pre-show, or uh, not the pre-show, our preview show, Ryan. Yeah, uh, the two matches that I got wrong between this and Takeover, I kind of had changed my mind between the that preview show and, and you know when the time happened. You know, Kyrie Sane winning the women's title at Takeover, and then the revival uh, losing here. I've kind of made peace with the revival and here's what I think you have to understand Derek and anyone else who's yelling RIP revival. This is not an indictment of the revival as an act or the WWE, believe it or not. Just hear me out. You just have to understand that main roster WWE is the worst possible place for the revival to get over and realize their potential as an act. Hmm. I don't know if it's anyone's fault per se, uh, maybe it's Triple H's fault for getting our hopes up by, like, having this really good tag team that he had to know in the back of his head would not get over on the main roster. And here's why, okay? Let's imagine for a, se- a second that the Revival is booked to perfection, okay? And, and the, first of all, there have been some things out of WWE's because the injuries did not help them the first year. But let's just imagine that they were booked perfectly. Does Vince McMahon like the Revival, even if that's the case? Like, do you think like Vince McMahon doesn't like Southern tag team wrestling? Do you think he likes an homage to it? And again, I'm not saying anyone's wrong or right. I'm just saying that any other place, the revival is best tag team in the world is recognized best tag team in the world. I just don't know if they fit in with main roster WWE, and and that's a damn shame. But I think it's the way it is
3: how much of that is because the raw tag team division is the shits right now too.
0: I don't think it's, I I really don't. I I think like if they mowed all those, you know, what I call them, like these opening act house show teams, you know, the essential, they could just mow through them all like hit like classic eighties finishers against them. And like all of us who grew up, watch, watch worshiping the midnight express, like this team is so cool. I think Vince McMahon would just sit back and say, what is this? I mean, do you think Vince McMahon, like, stays up at night, like thinking about midnight express fantastics matches. He doesn't, I got a news for you. So, I mean, I just think it's, it's unfortunate. And we've seen this before in wrestling. Um, Wish I had an example on the tip of my tongue that an act that's very good comes to WWE and it's just, it's just not a fit.
2: To, okay. To clarify, are you saying that there's no way they could get over with Vince or that you don't think they could get over with the main roster crowd? Vince. Okay.
0: okay. Yeah, because I mean a portion of the main roster crowd's an NXT crowd, and you know, there's, you know, a built-in understanding. I, I think, yeah, I mean, there's a certain um segment of, of the audience that loves the revival and you know, is just like Derek and you know, a little bit like me saying this sucks. But I just think the guy calling the shots probably doesn't get the act, and if it was explained to him, just
1: wouldn't really be impressed. Hmm. But the B team, you think is is something he gets? I think he laughs at it, which that's, is
3: that's I was that you know, the first the thing comedy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As soon as you ask that, I know Vince. Every time he sees it, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Bo Dallas is hilarious. Yeah, well, he, we did. We talked about it on the the preview show where we were saying. God, you know, logic would indicate the revival has to win this match. But then we also talked about, you know, the B team. They've got the new T shirts. They gave them a new theme song. You know how they are. Like, are they actually going to beat them right away? No. I not. think I think that
0: Ambrose and Rollins, and or well, it can't be and or I should say uh, McIntyre Ziggler will squash the B team pretty soon, and that will and then those teams will be a tag feud title feud um you probably could make the argument again i said this on our previous show that ziggler and
1: mcintyre should have been the tag team champions since kind of forming oh yeah no question
3: i say reform american alpha and have them go after
1: as long as they have a new theme song yeah. well th- there's some talk of jason jordan um his health yeah right no, now not being so sounding great. bad yeah yeah it Sucks. Uh, Derek what else happened on the pre-show cuz I don't think any of us watched it other than you. <laughs> so uh, I did see the start of the the Rusev Lana Almas Vega match but
3: yeah I think I I don't really remember <laughs> after 4 hours of that main roster show the pre-show is just coming into me in, sh- in shambles. Um it, 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 Vega, was sad. Yeah, Vega it, and Rusev got the win. Or Vega and what's her uh, Almas got the win but yeah. It was
0: sad. It felt like a match wrestling in front of an arena that was one third filled. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that, you know, um, in the Pantheon of SummerSlam matches, it was probably right next to, you know, a little better than bad news Brown, Ken Patera. Cause and I and I bring that up because it felt very much like a buffer match on an 80s pay-per-view. Uh-huh. Where it was like, okay, here's guys and they're doing their things sort of at half speed and with no meaning. Um, it just it was there. It was just it was just four people doing their shtick at half speed in front of a crowd that was
1: a third of the way full. <laughs> Sounds like a weekend in college at Kyle Ross's apartment. <laughs>
0: yeah, in some regards, okay.
1: <laughs> All right, so the main show kicked off with uh, I thought a hell of a match, Intercontinental Title. Maybe a little surprising that that was first out of the curtain, but. Uh, it's an important and spot on the
0: curtain.
1: Yeah, it is, and it's, they set the tone. So uh, Rollins and Ziegler. We've been critical of Dolph Ziggler, God knows, many times on the show in the past, but uh, they had a hell of a match. Uh, resulted in Rollins, which I think was the the right decision. I can't remember if we all picked Rollins to win on the on the preview show or not, but uh, so. yeah, Rollins walks out icy champion. Which obviously, if the long term plan is, is something with him and Dean uh, splitting apart and and feuding over that title, they had to do this here. So, uh, what do you guys think of the match overall? I think. Justin, you're wearing the Iowa's own shirt there. Were you were you satisfied with Seth Rollins' performance tonight?
2: CrossFit Thanos coming out with the gauntlet boot. How freaking amazing was that? Yes. The only way this match could have been better is after the uh, the blackout, as if Dolph would have disintegrated like in an uh, in Infinity War.
3: <laughs> I don't feel so good, Mister Rollins. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we uh, we also debated on on our preview show a couple days ago whether we would get that Dean Ambrose heel turn tonight, which we did not. There was there's a there's a little tease of it there, I thought in the celebration where uh Seth had his back turned to him, but nope, just a clear celebration. We're gonna draw this out a little bit. Were you guys surprised at that, Kyle? As soon as it was the opening match, I knew there was gonna be no turn. Yeah.
0: You know, that's something you say for later in the show.
1: Right. So uh solid match there. Uh, I thought it was too... I'll be honest with
0: you. I bet you of the four of us, I liked this match the least. It was definitely good and picked up at the end, but to me, this match was exhibit A as to why I say your average WWE match needs to be shorter. Um, I thought the pacing at the beginning was actually not good Yeah, and kind of lost the crowd until Rollins was able to integrate some of the high spots into the match. I thought Rollins was great in this match. I thought Dolph Ziggler was not, except for the Rick Rude tights.
2: Once he hit that... uh kind of the reverse uh superplex off the top mm-hmm. really that's brought insane. everything
3: yeah if if it would have been me i actually would have after seeing the first two matches i would have switched new day bludgeon brothers put those up first cuz that seemed to get a better crowd a little more hyped and they got into it a little more and then have the intercontinental title match Love that's Derek with all my heart and soul good takes tonight
2: <laughs> man i'm i'm on fire <sighs> except you can't start the show with a disqualification
1: that yeah.
0: is i love justin joint with all my heart and soul as well
1: <laughs> feeling a little left out over here kyle <laughs> say something smart that's all you to <laughs> you know i
3: actually i really enjoyed the ending to the bludgeon brothers new day match because just the frustration of they're giving us everything we've got we haven't seen anything like this we got to get out of here i thought they told a great story in that match um and i really enjoyed the end of it And i thought it was a great tag match too it was energetic you know, those guys are flying all over the place, and I thought everything about that match was great.
1: No, yeah, I thought um, it was It was a little surprising to me at first because I thought the New Day might win because the Bludgeons have lost a lot of steam in recent months, but I did like the finish and like what Derek's saying, um, that they did give them everything that they had because it, it does add a little extra wrinkle to uh, the Bludgeon brothers in this feud moving forward, which God knows the Bludgeon brothers haven't had... Much interest around them <laughs> <laughs> in recent months, so maybe we can make this into something. They're pairing them with the arguably, well, I'd say, the most overact on SmackDown in the tag division. So. I think the New Day has a case to be the greatest WWE tag team in history. Whoa. That's that's a little far.
3: Whoa,
0: man, in terms of being over and having good matches, there ain't a lot of teams that can match up with them in those two
3: components tell you what man legion of doom's gonna come kick your ass for that one
0: and not that's wwe it. legion of doom with their plastic with their plastic shoulder pads. nwa legion of doom yeah okay yeah. wwe legion of doom come
2: on I no, i think i might agree with uh kyle on that take love justin was, Joy was it
0: last week
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 the only reason i said that i'm just trying to get a little bit of love okay uh, let, last week we talked uh you know about heart foundation and where they ranked uh but yeah, like Kyle said, uh, match quality, uh, longevity. I, I think there is a real real chance they're the best tag team ever.
1: I'm astonished at
0: what I'm hearing tonight. Yes. And, I lo- and the other thing, too, just to add what Derek said, because I absolutely agree with um, his breakdown when it was like, you know, the bludgeons getting frustrated um, and turning to the, the mallet. Um, we're obviously getting a rematch here. But it just I love the sprint feel of it. You know, especially when you compare it to what I just talked about, that Rollins zigler match where they just started kind of like laying there at the beginning, you know, to let the crowd know, oh, we're good, don't worry, we're going, you know, we could be like Okada too, and we can go under 20, and we're gonna let you know that by doing a bunch of meaningless shit on the mat for the first five to ten minutes. But this was just let's go balls
1: out right away. And I loved it. All right. So the next match was the money in the bank. Briefcase match, and we've kind of already hit on this early in the intro of the show. But uh what's that? <laughs> What'd you say? He loved it. He loved it. Man, this was <laughs> poor Kevin Owens, man. Destroying his body for he bumped company. he bumped really well in this. Yes.
3: We don't deserve Kevin Owens. We really don't. And Kevin Owens is just that poor little guy taking all those bumps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man, yeah, he bumped all over the place in this one too. For as brief as it was, uh, a squash match. Strowman getting the win. At this point, I was getting pretty nervous that we were going to get the Strowman cash in following a Reigns victory, which I absolutely did not want to see, um, just because it would ruin three years of booking. But uh, that is not what we got. Although there was some question marks in the main event, which we already just uh, addressed. So I don't think I don't really have anything else to say about this match. Justin, Uh,
2: I guess just two things is when he came out in the KO in the bank shirt, it gave me legit hope that something's going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'll say, I guess my main disappointment with the stipulation of, you know, like he could, uh, Bron could lose it with disqualification and whatnot is that that played no part in it. Like I was expecting, you know, maybe KO would like spit in his face or something that just, you know, nothing.
0: That's a great take. Again, from Iowa. I had that in my notes that I would, you know, if you want to argue from KO's perspective. Yeah, they could have worked something in where he tried to get Braun DQ'd, but they just kind of went with a straightforward squash. But I'll say this. And this goes for a lot of matches we're going to talk about tonight.
1: I'm glad they went short instead of like 10 to 12 minutes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, the women's title matches is one I am going to have plenty to say about, and I think you guys will too. Um, Charlotte flair is again, the SmackDown women's champion after this Charlotte, who? Charlotte flair, Charlotte, who <laughs> that's my, that's my next point. Actually, Kyle, um, love so with, Ryan Drosty. <laughs> Goddamn better. at love Ryan Drosty. <laughs> <laughs> so. We talked about this on the show before. So, would Charlotte Flair, this is one I'm going to throw out first of Charlotte all, Into the match, would she be in the position she's in if her last name wasn't Flair? Kyle? Probably not. No.
3: Okay. Garrett? Possibly. I think she has, I think she can work enough as a heel um, and she's athletic enough. Possibly. I won't say all the way yes, I'll say possibly. All right, and Justin? Uh, Yeah, she's super talented.
1: Okay, because we said a couple weeks ago on the podcast that uh, Charlotte was kind of like the women's Roman Reigns, and I thought that was interesting because Charlotte got a very negative response from the crowd in Brooklyn tonight, and I think that might have surprised him a little bit because at the end of the match, after Charlotte cashed in, To me, and I'm going to get your takes on this because I I talked with a couple other people about this uh, as it was happening, and they didn't really agree with me. I thought, certainly, they were trying to turn Becky Lynch heel by what happened. But Becky got cheered because the crowd was really negative on Charlotte here. Um, Now, the announcers were selling it as Becky doing something that was terrible. Becky walked up the (laughs) ramp looking like a heel. I'm pretty sure they wanted Becky to come off as a heel here, but they cheered her like crazy. <laughs> that crowd didn't get that producer sheet, did they? Baby? <laughs> no. Well, do you think, that's my first question, though. Do you guys think that they wanted Becky to be the heel here? Was that the intention, Kyle?
0: Yes, absolutely. And they okay. fucking misread it as, the day is long.
1: Okay, so I'm not out of my mind here because no. I, I had this discussion with some others that thought that wasn't the case. I thought it was pretty obvious. But yeah, they they clearly wanted Becky to be the heel, which is that not a disastrous move? we've talked about how charlotte should be the heel in this situation correct
0: if yeah if if charlotte was roman reigns and becky was like dean ambrose and we get that reaction how many fucking think pieces are we getting monday morning about the (laughs) universal title picture man
1: yeah so i man i was puzzled (laughs) to say the least uh, at the end of how they booked this one yeah I, i i'm not
2: convinced that that's not what they expected to happen like that that is what the response they were expecting.
1: Why did the announcers sell it as a heel move, though? Oh. <laughs> that was that was
2: literally one of the greatest
0: face responses from the crowd for a yes, heel. Turn they of loved long time. It. I Seriously. mean, they were like, I mean, I mean, that put like Batista Ray oh
1: to shame. <laughs> no they've they've completely turned around Becky Lynch's trajectory though because a couple months ago Becky Lynch was dead to rights on Smackdown nobody could care less about I mean the fans still liked her but she was far far away from anything relevant on Smackdown and that was a terrible use of a a great talent but I am curious to see how they do book this feud going forward I think Becky and Charlotte's a feud we've needed for a long time and now we're finally going to get it I don't think they had the pulse of the crowd (laughs) in in how they built this at all
3: if they're smart, they're going to have Charlotte come out on Tuesday and cut a promo on, I don't know why my friend did that to me after this match and try to be um, a heel trying to get fake sympathy or something like that. And they, if they ride the waves, this, it, they could still kind of go, Becky, the overface, Charlotte, a great heel. That's. <laughs> I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think so either, but that – I. I just actually came here to say one thing. I like Charlotte more in NXT when she was lighter. Oh, come on. Oh no.
1: Oh, no. Derek Meltzer oh,
0: But By the way, w- we should talk about this. Charlotte, by the way, g- going after uncle Dave. Yeah. Twitter.com. I mean, has that caused a, a, a rift in the long term Dave Meltzer Rick Flair relationship?
1: Man, they were partying. Dave and her dad were partying back in the 80s. It mean, a long term has, relationship has, here.
0: Has that is that Flair
1: Steamboat match no longer six stars that no. Meltzer no. retroactively no. gave it to? Oh, man. No, I, it was. Uh, Charlotte was a little off in this match, too. I mean, that I, corkscrew that she hit to the outside that didn't connect at all. I mean, it was. I, I don't think she's ever stunning. connected on it. Yeah, it looks nice, you're right. It was visually stunning but uh did not really connect.
0: out. <laughs> let's talk about I mean obviously everyone's just going to talk about the Becky heel turn and the crowd response to it. But as far as the match itself, I thought all three worked really hard in this. This was like a good effort. I thought again it was it was well paced. They 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 sort of got to it. They didn't waste our time um you know, they got right to the storyline of dissension between Becky and Charlotte, Carmella trying to further it. Um, I was a little surprised that Carmella won. Maybe I shouldn't have been, but I'm not sure if it's the direction I would have gone.
3: You could see what was going to happen as soon as she synced in that disarmor and Charlotte was right there. And sure enough, I got the feeling, and I got that feeling too when Nakamura turned at WrestleMania when they were standing there. I'm like, Becky's about to go heel. And sure enough, we got what happened. And I kind of popped too, to be honest at home. I thought it was awesome. You know
2: mm-hmm. hey, you know maybe it'll come out that you know they hugged two or three times there really tight and close. Maybe Charlotte whispered in Becky's ear I liked you when you you were lighter in NXT oh, what, what are we doing here <laughs> sports fans I'm just uh, saying yeah, if maybe if it was an actual heel turn on Charlotte maybe, maybe she
3: said maybe she said Dave Meltzer was right and that's what really ticked her off. Oh, uh, <laughs> we're going off the rails.
0: Uh, speaking of Meltzer, I don't know if you guys checked out he he did his like live report of the show. He like loved this turn and thought it was like so well done and whatnot. But he did so in spite of his report in The Observer, where he pretty clearly stated horsewomen versus horsewomen was the goal for Survivor Series. And I don't know how you do that anymore unless you yeah.
1: force them to team up. Yeah, how do you get there from this point? <laughs>
2: Well, wow. him and Hogan seem to be in a race to see who's more out of touch with things.
0: <laughs> no one could touch Terry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, an,
3: there's another thing I wanted to say. I'm glad Justin brought that up. You know, podcasters don't know about the brotherhood of wrestling podcast. You know. Uh, oh, <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs>
1: Hulk Hogan, man, going after those people backstage. Oh, fuck!
3: Ho- fuck uh, fuck Hulk Hogan, man. Love
1: Derek with all my heart and soul.
3: Man, fuck him. Dude. I want to, I want to see him face Matt Riddle in a match.
0: <laughs> okay, now you're, you, now you're kind of losing and your I mind wanna, here a little bit. I actually, want to see
3: a shoot fight between the two, so he can okay. break his jaw in three places. <laughs> Jesus,
0: were you the uh, message board guy saying you hoped Vader would sh- started shooting at
1: Super Bowl five? Was that you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you guys are tuning in right now, looks like we got about 22 of you out there watching right now. Micah's there, uh, John is out there. Let us know what you thought of SummerSlam. Hit that chat room on the right side of your page, uh, give it a grade A through F. Let us know what your favorite match of the night was, what your least favorite uh, match of the night was, and just in general, what you thought of tonight and ta- f- for that matter, Takeover last night because we're gonna get Takeover here, uh, in just a little bit as well. So, oh, we uh, are. yes, we got to talk about Takeover, hell of a show. Uh, following the triple threat, we had Joe and AJ, man, Samoa
3: Joe. Shit. You know, we bet ba- I bag on commentary a lot in the WWE. Corey Graves in this match did some very, had some very, just kind of small comments that added so much to this match. Like when AJ tried to get Samoa Joe up for the styles clash and he hit it. And when Joe kicked out, it was, well, he didn't have that right arm or the right leg tucked over that right arm, so he didn't get him all the way. And it, usually, I'm the first to bag on commentators, but they were on point for, for some of these matches, and that really added to a lot of these matches tonight, especially with Joe AJ stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I thought I thought Corey was really good tonight. Um, the coach, not so. Much. Oh. <laughs> coach, <laughs> could, could we could we get Renee Young out there again, please? I
3: mean,
1: so yeah, for the record, I didn't
0: think like Renee Young like was a grand slam home run on Raw, but just anyone being in that seat other than the coach makes you realize how absolutely fucking atrocious Jonathan Coach is. <laughs> and,
1: and I don't think,
0: like, yes. like, there was no bickering from, like, Graves and Cole uh, when Coach was out on Monday. I mean, he's just... And then, like, I remember tonight, the it was the pre-show match. The first thing he said, I was like, God damn it, the fucking coach is back. <laughs> God, he sticks. Also, has Percy Watson past Byron Saxton in terms of being a quality announcer I, I think Percy's gotten pretty good both last agree. night at NXT and 205 live um I, I think he adds a little bit more than Byron he's not as big of the tool
1: for lack of a better term <laughs> I would agree I think Percy's better right now too um yeah so Samoa Joe though he is he is hitting an all-time high right now and how about Wendy Styles give up for Wendy Styles holding that kid throughout the match. Her yeah. arm. Man, she had to be tired holding it. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm, I'm the first one to pass my kid off to my wife. You know, like, like I've held her for five minutes. What do you want me to do? Give it up for Wendy Styles. But no, excellent match here. Um, this was one where we kind of went back and forth on our preview show too on on who was going to win. And uh, I thought they did. I thought the finish was fine. I thought the, the DQ or whatever was what they needed to do because I want to see these guys wrestle more. And if you're not going to have Joe win right off the bat, you can't have AJ win. So this is pretty much the option they were left with. And uh, no, I thought it was a fantastic bout throughout. I thought it didn't go too long. I thought it was as intense as hell. And I like the finish. Did you guys like the finish?
3: I did. I did. I uh, Everything about that match was fun. The, the psychology of the start of the match where AJ is given those leg kicks and, just the smart of chopping a man down and then the finish of the emotional response of someone threatening telling your your wife who's sitting over there, I'm about to be your daddy. You know, that's just that's ballsy. Ballsy WWE ballsy.
2: Yeah, it was a great match. They really laid into each other. Uh and it's funny that you mentioned, uh, Ryan, that you didn't think it went too long or didn't feel like it went too long because you know it actually went. 22, 23 minutes, uh, and especially with a non-finish, which seems to be kind of the theme with uh AJ Styles' current run with the title, uh, it's still a, told a great story, and it's obviously just the beginning of this feud. It was well done.
1: Mr.
0: Ross. The only negative about this match is, you know, they went for the heat early with Joe talking trash on the mic, and then they still did like a lockup and headlocks i really wish i i really wish there was some quality control and the agents would say god damn it guys stop doing lockups to start matches you know in these i if you know if it's a program where there's where they're they're feuding and it's like a quote-unquote blood feud but other than that i thought it was joe's best one-on-one pay-per-view match in wwe it's probably aj's probably i think definitely aj's best of the year as well uh i was fine with the dq just as you guys were, because, you know, as soon as Joe did that thing on the mic where he's like, I'll, you know, I'll be your daddy. You could see it coming. And I assume the rematch will be hell in a cell. Yeah, I,
3: I want to know. I've got a question for you guys. Your reaction when you heard AJ's daughter say you're bleeding, daddy. Oh, well, I was going to bring that up because uh, when he went over there to her,
1: she was like visibly shaking. Did you guys notice that? Man, that, that kind of made me feel bad a little bit as a dad because uh, she was clearly really frightened by seeing her father with blood. And by the way, that was the what the second match that had blood. Yeah, Rollins so. had color too. Yeah, so. yeah.
2: AJ stood responded with red equals green, baby. Red equals green. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, yeah. you think
1: you think this match for AJ was better than the Nakamura match at Money in the Bank? Yes. Okay, they're both. To me, they're pretty close. There, I'd say those are AJ's best two matches of the year, also. But uh, I'd, I'd have, to, I think, I'd have to watch them back to to choose. But they're both right up there. I mean, I you know, I mean, if, if you thought the other,
0: I mean, I, it's it's not something that I would start you know doing backflips over and say, my God, I can't believe some of the things I'm hearing. Uh, but no, the, the, this struck me as, I mean, you know me, I was pretty critical of that series, the Styles Nakamura stuff. So, and I uh, I, I enjoyed this. Watching it live, quite, uh, quite a bit. Yeah, second second DQ in five matches. Mm. A lot of times that can get you in trouble. It seemed like they got away with it here.
1: That was a criticism I saw on on Twitter floating around was the DQ finishes, which is kind of WWE signature. I, I don't mind DQ finishes if feuds are going to
0: continue, though. Yeah. You know, it's better than when like there's like a definitive pin. And then they're like, well, we're going to just do a rematch anyway. You know, kind of like that Brian Big
1: Cass feud that we always rip on. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the longest match of the night. And uh, we'll go to the Miz and Daniel Bryan here. 23 minutes and 30 seconds was the longest match of the night. The video package before this match. I tweeted about it. Amazing. Amazing work by the WWE production team. And uh, this also, I think, went the right direction. With uh the Miz coming out on top with the brass nucks given to him by his wife, who had the uh baby carriage next to her. <laughs> Obviously no baby in there, but uh we have the same blanket, by the way. Oh no shit. Bazzi. Yeah, that same way. I
0: looked at it and I actually paused it. I'm like
1: we have the fuck same blanket. Yeah, <laughs> that's not surprising because the uh, the sunglasses that the Miz wore out to the ring tonight, Kyle, look like something you might have worn on one of our podcasts in the past. Who knows? Maybe he got it in Cleveland. <laughs> the blankets. <laughs> you, you guys know? got the same taste, man. That's what we're yeah, talking
0: about. Well, my wife bought it. I mean,
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys think of this match, Justin? We've been we've been anticipating this one for months. We finally got it. Miz and Brian.
2: I loved it. I I thought it was exactly what it needed to be. The fact that, you know, all Daniel Bryan could do was talk about how much he wanted to punch Miz in the face. And the match ended with Miz punching him in the face, obviously with a foreign Mm -hmm. object. It was just, it was beautiful. It was just beautiful. And it's funny. My wife, asked me in the middle of the match like well who are you rooting for and i did the analytical well i think this guy's gonna win and blah 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 and i realized after brian got the second yes lock on Miz, i was like oh i'm rooting for the Miz because i really don't want him to tap out here yeah so i i I was really happy with the outcome the match was uh fantastic and uh hopefully the rumors are true that brian's going to uh re-sign with the wwe and This feud continues. It's amazing.
1: Well, that's the other point, too, is if he hasn't re-signed, there's no way he could win this match either. But uh, I think think this storyline has a lot more uh, fuel left in the tank, and we'll be getting a lot more from this. Uh, Derek, you are a resident Yes Movement member who was actually on a Raw broadcast during the Yes Movement. When the fans took over the ring... So with your history with Daniel Bryan. Wait, dude, you were in the ring for that? Or you I were was ringside. Out.
3: Yeah. I was part of the vicinity. I was part of Occupy Raw. I was on the crowd outside of the ring. My God. You didn't know that? No, no one tells me anything. <laughs> yeah, man. I've got a I've got my shirt that I got from that uh framed up in my room. I need to get Dan- Daniel to sign it one day. But oh my God. um yeah, this was the match I was looking forward to the most. Probably my favorite match of the night. Yes. Um, one question though: Where is Bree Bella not watching a TV at an awkward fucking angle, running out there after she sees her uh, Marie's hand something to the Miz? You know, come on. We can't get Bree out there to confront. I mean, that's where we're going, right now. The next part step is Maurice Miz versus Bree Daniel at some point.
1: Probably.
0: I I, I, could, I could even see Bree versus. Well, I don't know. I mean, Maurice. How far removed is she from giving birth? What was that? Was that like March or something? Because it was right before WrestleMania, right? Yeah. Yes. It was. yes. When when can he be cleared for contact?
1: <laughs> on that, mm, she probably could be by now. Okay, I don't. I don't know. I didn't really pay attention. Pay <laughs> <laughs> attention to how those birthing classes go no, no I was on my phone <laughs> oh, the whole
3: time they'll probably say six months so that was so probably in October something like yeah, well, that I
0: was gonna I was gonna throw out the idea of evolution yeah you know, will it be Brie and Maurice at evolution I mean that oh
3: I didn't think sense. about that which the world is blowing up because apparently we're gonna get Alexa Trish at evolution.
1: Yeah, that one's announced for sure.
3: Yeah. And then people, there was something else people are upset about, and Sasha Banks is just sitting over there like, you know, Oh,
1: Rousey and Nikki Bella. Oh, that's the rumor. Mm. That one has not been announced, but that's the rumor. So, yeah, they, they were kind of teasing it a little bit tonight. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, how about the Bellas, by the way? They got a pretty negative reaction from the crowd.
3: Well, as they should. <laughs> I hate the Bellas. They, mm. I, was, I don't know. I, I, I liked think- them. I liked them better when they were in NXT and they were lighter. Oh,
1: <laughs> we're never going to be able to have you back on the show, Derek. I'm going to have to be like, by the way, this guy uh, in the red shirt. By the way, he's not an usual cast member of Top Rope Nation. <laughs> for
3: the weekend, I'm in an I'm in an original Tommaso Ciampa shirt too. Oh, nice. Yeah,
0: I, I think the reason for that negative reaction was it felt very shoehorned them yeah. being in the ring. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Uh, This match deserves a lot of praise. I think it's going to maybe be a little forgotten, and that's a damn shame. The live crowd didn't seem that into it, but I thought this was just an absolutely incredible match that was easily the best of the night. It was actually very different than most WWE matches, which is why I think the crowd wasn't into it, because they were not doing traditional WWE tropes uh, during the match. It was very Southern style. Quite mm-hmm. frankly, Derek, yeah. I had to take you back. I mean, you write down to the brass knucks finish. I mean, this yeah. was a kind of this was a match you would see in Memphis in, in yeah. the 80s. This was like Jerry Lawler, Bill Dundee.
3: You know what they could have done, too, is Miz has Brian in the figure four. Why not get Miz near the ropes and give him a little extra, you know, pull pull the old extra leverage, you know, from pulling on the ropes. I miss things like that. I miss abdominal stretches where people would stick their arm out and grab that <laughs> rope. When the refs aren't looking. You know, that's. That seems to be a lost art in professional wrestling. A
0: a, a big key with this match compared to like what I think made this match. The match tonight, is Daniel Bryan is one of the few people who I think could have pulled this off. This didn't feel like a traditionally agented WWE match. It felt like Daniel Bryan very much came up with some unique stuff. Miz was on board and. um, You know, it was not replaceable. It was not like, you know. Dolph Ziggler matches where it's like they just do stuff and, you know, and half the guys in the WWE roster, three quarters, of the guy in the WWE roster can be doing the same thing that this felt like, you know, Daniel Bryan's presence and his mind for wrestling, making it extraordinarily unique. And Miz did a good job too. Let's not just give all the praise to Daniel Bryan. Miz was very good in this too.
3: Miz is, uh, uh, just Miz has impressed me more and more. I think as every year goes on, he just seems to get better and better. And, he's got to get a world title run I think within the next year
0: I would assume I mean a real agreement I think he's gonna be the guy who beats AJ it it seems somewhat logical I can see that Mm -hmm.
1: if it's not Joe
3: um did Brian take a kind of a crazier looking bump in this match or did it was that something yes he did when he took like a he took a flip or something right yes it was early in the match yeah that that don't do that dude please don't do that brian that's all i ask
1: um the aforementioned squash match where finn ballard defeated baron corbin in a minute and 35 seconds so kyle said we were kind of ragging on the fact that um ko got destroyed but you, you were joking that we didn't have a problem with this one i think for me the reason is ko ceilings a lot higher than the constable in my opinion yeah, and uh more. you don't <laughs> think so um, it was. I, I think it de- it depends what you.
0: If you're being honest, I mean, yes, Ko is a former Universal Champion. I'm I'm not convinced that the Constable
1: will the ever greatest, get there.
3: The greatest Universal Champion. It's true. Uh,
1: it is true. I don't know about that. Oh, but, Mr. Bill Goldberg <laughs> over there.
3: Well,
0: what a reign he had. What a reign. What a win.
3: Um, I want to hear. I want to hear Justin's reaction. When we found out the demon was coming out
1: tonight. That's what was my next point too. We finally get the demon back and it's for a match with Baron Corbin. What'd you think about that, Justin?
2: Have you guys seen the videos of like when the Beatles start playing and it cuts to the crowd of all the females just screaming that, that that was me in my household. Um, So I got to give a shout out to uh, on Twitter, Kyle at Kyler four one three who called me out uh, last week. I mentioned that I was afraid they were going to blow the demon on Baron Corbin. Like it was going to be kind of a waste of the demon. My thought when I said that was that it was going to be a competitive match. The fact that the demon came out and just squashed Baron Corbin was exactly what needed to happen. Uh, he showed a ferocity that was a thousand times better than the smiling Finn Balor we've been getting.
3: um so i i i loved it i mean splooge (laughs) um and not you have to give credit to baron corbin here because when he saw that the demon was coming out and him screaming like this isn't what i signed up for and his eyes are wide and he was showing fear at what he was having to face you have to give corbin
1: credit good character work from the constable yeah
2: Yeah, I actually, I actually pointed that out to my wife. I was like, oh, that's awesome. He's selling this shit.
1: I'm not going to go so far to say good character work. I think any junior high kid with any drama experience could have done just as good as Baron well, they, Corbin did there. <laughs>
3: but, well, they, and, but they could have done the Baron Corbin, like him shrugging it off, like it's still Finn Balor or something like that. But the fact that he was, they were smart enough to tell him, like, yo, be, be scared just a little bit.
1: Yeah, that was smart. Yes. Yeah, it,
0: it, it totally worked, the demon. I mean, the crowd, as soon as the lights went out, the crowd knew what they were getting and they were fired up for it. And it made this match way more memorable than I think anyone thought it would be going in. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm with you guys. I was, I'm very glad that, you know, the match was short because once he came out as the demon, the result was never in doubt, obviously. And this is three for three on SummerSlams that he's used the demon gimmick. So next year cue the anticipation
3: he's but. still i wish he would have done the demon like a demon jester thing at wrestlemania that would have been incredible but well he, he, he didn't lost, win though. was the problem yeah, 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 that's yeah, the
1: yeah. yeah look at kyle ross jumping on the finn balor train over there yeah.
3: i
0: never said a negative thing about finn balor i said he's doing.
1: <laughs> oh yes come on do i have to pull
0: the archives Pull him. I, I, I say he's fine. You're the guy. You're the one who thinks, you know, they should like build a time machine and have him beat Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania three. I, I think he's
1: just fine where he is. On Wait, the is that me or Justin? Both. Both. Okay. <laughs> Why <laughs> not? Hulk Hogan's a terrible human being. Well, that's true. This podcast.
3: Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you just don't understand the brotherhood of wrestling. That's what, <laughs> yeah.
0: and, and And you guys should be happy because, to be honest, the way this was done. You know Roman's going to need contenders moving forward, and I can see that being a match. You know, now that Brock's not the champion, I can see Finn getting in universal title matches because you know I think I had mentioned that before. Vince McMahon just had no interest ever doing Brock Lesnar versus Finn Balor. I think he thought the idea, you know, and you could criticize him. Um, Maybe he's wrong, but it's ultimately his promotion. He just thought the match
1: was a ridiculous pairing. You're going down a dangerous path there, Mr. Ross. You're gonna tease the internet wrestling community that they could have Finn Balor against Roman Reigns.
0: Well they had good matches before.
1: I mean yeah. it's kind of logical. And I mean, there's only so many guys,
0: you know, on a brand that can be in that picture.
3: I still want the demon versus sister Abigail. That's what I am still hankering. Oh tonight. dear God, no. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm <laughs> joking. No. No. Oh no. thank no. you. Okay. I'll see
1: you. <laughs> um speaking of stories that have died a slow death demon jeff hardy (laughs) actually i was gonna say shinsuke nakamura but uh man i thought this was a pretty forgettable match it wasn't bad but it's just kind of indicative of where nakamura has become on the main roster i mean he's he's the u.s champion but kind of an afterthought you know he was put in the spot here right before two of the most advertised matches on the card and uh it did have a pretty crazy spot. Jeff Hardy <laughs> doing the swanton to the outside ring apron. Yeah, this cool. is a guy who's, who's not doing the swanton at live live events anymore because his body's killing him so much. That was freaking insane. That was some Mick Foley Halloween Havoc 93 Lloyds of London shit right there. Man. Seriously. Like, you don't need to do that, man. But it was, it was memorable because of how crazy it was. So I thought, I thought this match was fine. Uh, it was the result I expected. And... Uh, I don't know. I have a lot to say about it. What do you guys think?
2: I think you just summed it up basically perfectly. <laughs> it, j- it was just about that uh, swanton onto the apron. That was it.
1: Yep. So, 11 minute match, Nakamura retaining. So, Randy Orton did come out at the end. Uh, that was bizarre. You know, yeah. I thought
0: for sure Orton was going to factor into the finish. He did not. Comes out at the end, just walks down, and then he walked back. I thought for a second he might have found out Jeff Hardy actually voted Republican, and that's why he didn't do anything. <laughs> oh,
1: Jesus. How you know, much? How about uh? How about Randy Orton? Smackdown. His he travels there, and all he has to do is like peek around the corner at the entranceway. <laughs> I, I thought that was great. Cashing those checks, a, man. These brief I, don't, I don't give a
0: goddamn what anyone else says. That was outstanding. Like <laughs> he gave Randy Orton
1: walk yeah. out on the entrance ramp and walk back at the pay per view, cashing those checks, making money. I, I
3: saw a, a tweet. I uh, can't. I I can't remember who said it, but um, the whole. Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy's earlobes thing like after the news broke about the him and the, what the writers were doing that really makes that shit seem a lot grosser doesn't it? <laughs>
1: yes <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, torture your earlobes if you won't shake his hand
3: yeah, yeah if, if Jeff Hardy if this was like invasion Jeff Hardy there's a chance that could have been a really great match because they could have done a lot of a lot more quicker spots of dodging kicks in each other and like that, but 2018 Jeff Hardy just.
0: And Ryan mentioned it too, that they were not put in a good spot. Like for me, you know, I said on our pay- preview show, this was the match I was looking forward to the least yep. on the card. And, you know, them being put on before the two money matches was, you know, didn't, didn't really do them any favors and late too. Yeah. you know, you know, I mean, at this point you're, you know, if you've watched the pre-show, you're what five hours into watching wrestling. So, you know, you probably go make yourself a, a cocktail or something during this one.
3: I made some popcorn. Okay, that's... <laughs> Hence the term popcorn match. There you go.
1: Justin, did you pour a vodka water during this one? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
3: Basically every match. <laughs> I, was Justin, drinking some, I was drinking some icy light fresh from the rivers of the Mahanganela or Mahanganela or whatever the hell that river is.
1: Justin, how I didn't ask you, how were you feeling the morning you after? do not drink icy
3: light. Shower? I do. Oh,
1: bless your soul. Uh, <laughs> Justin, the uh, the pay-per-view preview show, a little tipsy by the end of that one. How are you feeling the next morning?
2: Yeah, I, uh, I took my dog for a walk uh, yesterday, and I listened to the end of that podcast like <laughs> Ooh, yeah, not sounding good, joint.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can definitely tell you had been sipping the vodka, man. Yeah, it added to the them. entertainment. I think you picked all three guys in the gargano Champa match. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best reaction shot. If you guys are just tuning in and uh, you did not see the show, hit our archives, subscribe on YouTube, look at our preview show, which was like two hours long. But if you watch like the last 10 minutes of the show where we broke down uh, NXT, Justin gave a pretty thorough explanation for why Gargano was going to turn heel and win the title, but then he flipped the script at the end, and Kyle's reaction was priceless on well, that video we, feed.
2: We, when you do a two-hour
1: podcast, I'm going to get drunk. Yes, <laughs> it was great, man. It's entertaining. That's what we're we're here to entertain. And, I would um, have done three. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, the Raw Women's match, I will say. When the Bellas were there and they they did the whole thing about how they were going to sit ringside for this match, I thought Alexa was going to retain. I was dead set on our preview show that Rousey was going to win. But when they did that promo backstage earlier in the show, I'm thinking, what's the purpose of this? Why are they going to be out there? So surely they're going to help Alexa do something. But that was not the case because this was another squash match, essentially. And Rousey just pretty much no-sold everything Bliss attempted. Uh, I liked the opening where Bliss was just dodging between the ropes to try to back her off. Really good heel work early on. Chicken shit heel stuff. But when Rousey got a hold of her, that was it. And uh, I guess this is what they needed to get the to get the belt on Rousey. And uh, not much of a match, but effective, I thought. Uh, Natalia was there. Oh, by the way, Michael Cole.
3: I mean, fuck you Michael Cole you dumb shit
1: as as uh, Natalia heads out to the ring he mentioned that her father had died a couple of weeks ago uh, so for the record that was six days ago that fucking you know, ass boy. clown
3: man he, he need uh, god damn Michael <laughs> I mean and kudos to Natty because six days after your father passes away and we all know that they were very close for her to be able to come out there in his jacket and you know Paint a smile on her face when you know that's the last thing she wants to be doing right now. Kudos to her for being able to do that.
1: Yeah, that was cool. She was wearing the old-school Heart Foundation jacket from from SummerSlam 90. 90s. Yeah, Yeah, uh, SummerSlam 90, yeah. Uh, And so after the match, Natty celebrates with Rousey. The bells get in the ring. Um, So eventually this is going to lead to something. But for right now, Rousey looks pretty much like she can't be defeated. So any problems with the way this match went? Was it what you expected? Did you like it, Justin? I
2: I kind of thought Ronda Rousey came off as a, a little bit of a bully in the match.
1: <laughs> I didn't I think, think I she got as, as good of a reaction from the crowd early on as they thought.
2: Yeah, it, it was just a little weird to me. I don't, I don't know. It was a little off-putting.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> well <laughs> they covered her spot calling
0: as trash talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, are you ready? Was, are you yeah, ready? Are you ready? Like, I mean, it, which was okay, I guess. But, like, it wasn't the awesomest thing in the world.
3: <laughs> it served its purpose. I think that match just served the yeah, purpose. It was what it should
0: have been. It was it, it was it, exactly it. what it needed to be. And and the only thing that would have been better is if Natty after the match would have told Nikki, I told you so about John in those promos. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You Remember know, that more, feud? They probably won't even touch on that. The you know, they Natty were, Nikki feud. When yeah.
3: they were backing up into the entranceway i was like are we gonna get a gargano chompa turn here right now or and then they just end up walking off i'm like oh <laughs> yeah
1: what'd you guys think of the the face paint on rousey
3: bad uh, yeah. bad yeah i liked she- it better when she was in nxt and lighter
0: <sighs> this guy i'm telling you maybe she's a big mantar fan is what i was thinking of
3: i was <laughs> thinking she's trying space. to be a little bit like she was the um japanese bride in impact um, or China. yeah yeah i guess i haven't watched impact i know they have this like japanese horror bride and she has white makeup and it's like a Japanese horror character on impact. Great,
1: Derek. You've just opened a whole new can of worms. Now we're going to get assaulted by the TNA Mecca Forums because we're not following Impact Wrestling. And no more knows what talking no about.
2: vodka for Derek.
1: <laughs> no more icy light. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we knew probably going in that they were going to... Alexa has that weird uh, double-jointed thing with her elbow. Yeah, that, that makes sense to do that. Yeah, that was pretty gruesome looking. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, good finish. And so that led right into Brock and Roman, and, which we've already covered. Yeah, And for the record, Meltzer did report that they're doing Ronda, or at least
0: thinking of doing Ronda Nikki at Evolution as the main event.
1: <sighs>
0: yeah, that we hinted at that
1: earlier. Justin?
2: I, I would just like to point out how freaking lame it is, is. Trish Stratus is coming back, and her opponent just got murked by, you know.
1: <laughs> well, that also Rousey. led people to think that possibly Bliss was going to retain somehow. Because that's such a big spot. But. Yeah. See, I actually thought it guaranteed she was going to lose. In that fashion? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't The only thing there. is
0: although the only thing is them doing Ronda Nikki kind of negates my argument. I mean, I thought that before the Ronda I heard about the Ronda Nikki news because I'm like, well, they're not gonna have you know a, a legend come back to ch- be in a title match. Well, <laughs> apparently they are.
1: Yeah. If you believe Meltzer. So, overall, thumbs up show, I would say. SummerSlam, good show. It's a couple yes, of the matches I'd like to rewatch again, again um, because I was covering them over on comicbook.com. Kind of hard to take in everything on the match when you're trying to write 400 words on it at the same time. But, uh, no, I thought it was a good show. I Can't complain too much. So, uh, I did not think it was as good as NXT TakeOver. Uh, both shows were good. <laughs> but, man, that TakeOver show was really, really good. And uh, it kind of just goes back... To you know, NXT, they got five matches on the show. It's a three hour show, they've got three months to build the matches. It's just a much more focused, tighter product, and that's just not a luxury. The main roster has you know, they got a pay per view every month, they've got a four hour pay per view, six hours if you if you count the kickoff show. And uh, yeah, NXT just hit it out of the park again, I thought. And uh, there, I didn't think there was a bad match on the show. Uh, I'm curious what you guys thought was the
3: best match of TakeOver. Ricochet Cole, easily. That super kick, backflip spot was just the craziest thing I think I've ever seen in a wrestling ring, and I've seen Lala throw fire in person.
1: <laughs> that yeah, the yeah, that Loved was awesome. my heart and soul. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would agree with with Ricochet Cole. I, mm-hmm. I have a more interesting question though. After everyone answers this one, okay,
3: Matt
2: Ricochet Cole was 1B for me. The tag team match was 1A because Tyler Bate is the best wrestler on the planet.
1: So those are my top two also. I like Ricochet Cole slightly better. Uh, I wrote in my review. But uh, I thought that tag team match was maybe the best tag team match of the year in WWE or NXT. Wow. I, I, w-
2: I, I, will say I didn't think it was as good as the TV one. The The Ricochet match literally made me gasp like I think three times. Yes, to the point my wife was concerned about my health.
1: <laughs> I thought I liked this one because it was in such a in front of such a big crowd who are a lot of them are still getting used to seeing some of these UK guys. They haven't been on on uh, like NXT television all that much. And I thought Tyler Bate was made into a star in that match. He, he was very good. He, he's very good. Um, and they worked a very
0: different style match than the, t- the title change they did on TV. That's the thing, you know, where they worked on Trent Seven's knee. That This was kind of a totally different direction with a lot of hot moves. Um, I really liked the women's title match a lot as well. Really
3: good. Really good. Uh, I like the ending to that match.
0: Yeah, I I cannot say enough positive things about Shayna Baszler. People who criticize her are dumb and don't know anything about pro wrestling. Who is criticizing her? That's insane. Dumb people, dude. They're like, it's the same people like, yo, she didn't even run the ropes. You know, it's the same people who thought Ronda Rousey needed time down in NXT. That before, yeah, that is you, insanity. You, you know, you, it's just like before WrestleMania 1 when Vince told Mr. T, Hey, why don't you go work for the AWA for six months and I'll steal you from Vern? You know. <laughs> okay. So here's my question. I guess I kind of tipped my hand a little bit. Where would you guys rank the main event, the Gargano Ciampa match, as far as the five matches? Because I got it as fourth best of the five.
3: Uh, I... I have a hard time ranking them, to be honest, because I love the show from opening bell all the way through. Um, I really liked the ending of Tommaso Ciampa just getting lucky there. I, I, I really I really enjoyed every part of NXT. Um and those guys just they have a chemistry that's just incredible. And I'm sitting here I guess I'm I really liked it more because I'm sitting here in a freaking Tommaso Ciampa t shirt, but I just I really enjoyed the whole card. I don't really have a I guess if I had to say a favorite, it'd be Cole Ricochet. But it's hard for me to say one match is better than the other. Yeah, I I guess I docked it a little bit because of
2: the Dean Ambrose move of Gargano at the end. Just you know, Neem Champa and just flying into a table. It, it there's a little bit of silliness with that. Mm-hmm. The the match was still amazing, and I think with that one, m- even more important than the match is the story they've been telling with Gargano slowly slipping into the dark side because of how much he wants to, you know, destroy Champa. Um, yeah, I was just match quality. I I, I like the the tag and uh, Ricochet better, it, and uh, Shayna Baszler and uh, Kyrie saying just incredible
1: yeah i i think i would probably oh man i'd i'd put it third or fourth on that show uh i really like the women's match too to your point kyle um yeah that's tough i was gonna ask you guys where you would rank this with with their takeover matches that okay. they've had this well, year i'm gonna this. open up a can of worms here I, I'm okay. i'm not done they gotta be careful with this
0: feud man they meaning yeah. NXT creative because it's border. The point that I made and I brought it up on our WrestleMania recap show that what they were left with after the brand was left with where Johnny Gargano was clearly came out of that new Orleans show as a baby face. You can build this brand around and he should be the top baby face, but they had another baby face that had just won the championship. And that Gargano champa match in new Orleans the way it was worked was totally done as a blow off match, but you kind of knew it wasn't. And I was like, yeah, hey, there's some kind of bizarre." I'm like, look, this is maybe the best show I've ever been to live in my life, but some kind of odd pieces moving forward. And I think we're starting to see some of that come home to roost because look, I know there were, this was not supposed to be a one-on-one match. They, they had no control of the black injury. This match felt to me. And I know you, I know you guys are all music fans, like a double album in the sense there was, yeah, there was a lot of good stuff, but there was fluff too. And I think doing like all these 30 minute brawls is a little too much. And there's an irony with whom I suspect is putting these matches together. Triple H and Shawn Michaels, because what were their matches guilty of sometimes doing too much? I mean, remember the bad blood, Hell in the Cell, that went like 40 minutes? Yeah. Or the three stages of hell? I mean, those are like, they were wrestled like, oh, this is so epic. But they weren't like great, really. And I'm not saying that was this. I mean, this was still very good. But I feel that like this match, I think this match might have been better than Chicago. But to me, they're definitely steps below the first one and i'm not sure they're ever going to be able to get back to that new orleans level yeah I, that's they, a good point go ahead
2: there i think i totally agree with you this does <laughs> feel like some sean michaels triple h filler i think they realized what they had after new orleans and they decided the next two matches were the middle chapter and so now it is actually filler before we get to the next steps.
0: Do we all agree that they need to take a break from this feud and they may have to because I think Gargano's knee um he may have legit hurt his knee it sounds like but do we all agree that they need to take a break from this feud for the next takeover?
2: Well, y- yes. And, yes and and they knew that because they had Alister Black lined up to be in this match.
0: Yes yeah that's very and you're right to be fair they they knew that too that they didn't they were they did, it was not the plan to do a third straight one on one match you're right yes
1: uh, one thing I worry about with this is that they wait too long to put the title on Johnny Gargano. And to make a comparison here to another guy we talked about earlier, I think about Samoa Joe in the mid-2000s in TNA. He was super, super hot in like 0405 yeah. and then didn't put their title on him for yeah, a that, long, long time. Oh they waited too long.
0: <laughs> if, there, if, if we would have done this, I actually in a different life was doing a podcast at the time. The vitriol. I had when he did not beat Jeff Jarrett at that bound for glory.
1: Yeah, they they was, definitely
0: waited too long. Yeah. I, I mean, I was looking for people to fight. I was like Derek after that Goldberg Kevin Owens match, man.
3: Well, was, <laughs> man, yeah. I'm glad I had a lot of icy light in me that night because that was <laughs> that was horrible.
1: No, but I do think it is a legitimate concern because Kyle's talked about how Gargano is a guy you can build the brand around, and he definitely can. <laughs> um, but. If you wait too long, there's a fine line that you walk there. And I do think this feud can't go too long either. And uh, yeah, I don't know. They, ha- they have to take a break. Uh, I do think obviously New Orleans was their best match. I like this one a little more than Chicago or uh, a little less than Chicago, just because I thought the finish was a little bit hopeful. Both of the two, that, that's my issue
0: is that the both finishes of the last two have been very, very overbooked.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, let's be honest here. The true person that they're going to build that brand around for the next in the next year was introduced this Saturday. night.
0: Yeah. That, that is, and that's an argument, too, that, you know, you're going to have Matt Riddle into this equation. I um, us not to, afraid
3: about Keith Lee.
0: Yep. And Keith Lee. You know, it's funny because we can maybe if you guys want to, if you don't, I know it's getting late, but we can always like speculate on the next Um, takeover card you know because they're gonna do war games and that opens up a lot of slots for these Matt Riddles and Keith Lees to get a spot on that show um which is good but you know I come back to what again what I said after New Orleans it was a little unfair that the Ciampa injury you know Ciampa missed all that time before they did the match in New Orleans but I just, you know, to what Ryan just said about, you know, maybe you don't want to wait too long putting this NXT title on Gargano. Would it have just been better if Gargano, Ciampa, New Orleans was just a blow off? I don't know what you do with Tommaso Ciampa at that point. And to be fair, he has been unbelievable. Um, you know, not only as champion in the limited time, but before in the buildup. But should they have had almost retained against Aleister Black, send Black to the main roster... And just had Gargano chase down Almas and like beat him here to get his revenge for all those losses he had to Almas.
3: Well, then you're just wasting away Alistair Black because you know Vince isn't going to know what to do with somebody like an Alistair Black character.
0: Ah,
2: uh, see, I think
0: for him, like just the the optics of it, I think
1: Vince could get into that. Yeah, because Vince is a character guy. And the character's cool, yeah.
3: Maybe I don't know. I don't see him getting behind an Alistair Black, to be honest. That's just me.
1: I think I think it's a legitimate question for sure. Well, I mean, yeah. If you look at the way guys come up, you know, it's <laughs> it's
3: it's incredible how how bad you know. Don't call these guys up, like you know. Shout out to Velveteen Dream because that's we haven't talked about him. You know, with his tights. Call me up, Vince. Like, do you really want to be called up? Because you're going to get lost in the shuffle five more, minutes into your You, you need to get more money, too. But I mean, yeah, that's the well, thing. And I understand that, but you're going to get lost in the shuffle. He's not going to, he he definitely isn't going to know what to do with a Velveteen Dream type character on his show. It'll be another No Way Jose or Adam. Let's not go that far. Adam. God, I hope not. Adam Rose or whatever that Jesus, let's really not go that far. I mean, that, that's what I, I fear would happen if they called up Velveteen Dream right now. It would just be something he wouldn't get. And yeah, yeah. I thought I thought he was
1: tremendous on the show too. I that thought that was the weakest but, match. That though. was the weakest match, but yeah. it wasn't a bad match. And the character work out of that guy is just off the charts. So the tights were awesome. it was supposedly, kind of rude-ish.
3: Supposedly, EC3 may have suffered a concussion in that from that match too word going oh. around. From okay
0: that, that may explain then maybe why it was a little slow depending on when it happened i mean yeah. his eye was fucked up for sure oh, yeah. yeah yeah
3: yeah but matt riddle's here and he where apparently he wears flip-flops with yeah. really nice <laughs> <I saw> that. <laughs> that was
1: hilarious i did see that too <laughs> No, Takeover, great show. If you haven't checked it out, definitely uh, it's worth getting your free trial of the WWE Network. I, watch that show. It says something about the standard we have for these Takeover
0: specials that I don't think any. You know, I saw some people actually saying, "eh, maybe it was a little disappointing," even in some regards, just because the standard, like and it was not the best Takeover of the year. I mean, it wasn't as good as New Orleans overall right. as a show. Um, I, I think it just says something about what the standard we've set for Takeovers that you know people you know as much praise as it got from certain corners, I don't think anyone's like best show ever or anything. No or, you know, best no. show of the year or best takeover of the year. No, just a great show. Because <laughs> all yeah, around there, there were three matches, certainly um at least I would give four stars to out of five. Yeah. Which is like pretty
2: crazy. And like Well in eight if they were in the Tokyo Dome. Yes.
3: <laughs> eight stars. Um you know it, If FS1 picks up NXT, they've got a lot of star power to do a weekly two-hour television show, if that happens. Mm -hmm. But do we want that, though? No, I don't. Yeah, okay.
0: I was going to say, like, I actually really, as someone who typically binge watches NXT, I know we talk about that on this program, you know, I don't make it, I don't, uh, rarely do I watch it live, if ever. Like, I'm always like, okay, you know, I got a few hours maybe on, like, just a random weekday, I'll watch two or three episodes of it. Um, you know, I, I just like, I kind of like the way it is. You know, That's I like good. how it always leaves you leaving for more as someone who, you yeah. know, likes to go back on the network and watch the old stuff when it was an hour program, you know, mid South and world class, just easy to consume.
3: Um, you know, and I will watch it live. Like when they announce, like, Hey, Keith Lee's making his debut on NXT. That's when I'm like, okay, I'm not missing Keith mm-hmm. Lee coming into nxt it's real it's really exciting some of the people they've got coming in yeah mm-hmm.
1: i think one of the debates that's going to come up here too is how quickly do some of these guys get called up just based upon how loaded that NXT roster is getting and there, are, for all the guys who have questions about and how they'll be used on the main roster there's some other people there that i think almost certainly are going to be stars on the main roster and are definitely ready now or will be shortly you know, like, how long is Matt Riddle going to be in NXT? Yeah, how yeah, long I is think, Ricochet going to be in NXT? I would actually hope um, that Riddle
0: they just have in there to kind of, you know, get used to a, a quote-unquote WWE style, for lack hard of a better word. Yeah, work the hard cam. This is how we do things, you know. Um, but to me, he doesn't need the NXT title actually, he could just be like, have like one or two blow away matches at takeover, and then just be sent up to the main roster. Yeah.
3: Please, God.
0: <laughs> whereas, whereas Gargano because of the size um, and the presence of Daniel Bryan, who I think is kind of just too, it, it's too similar of a character. I think like the underdog traditional baby face. Gargano is a guy who I'm totally cool with being a long-term NXT face of the brand.
3: So yeah, when they... I have a feeling Keith Lee is going to be put in kind of a Cassius Ono role here to where he's just kind of there to help train guys in a ring. I don't know. I just got that feeling, you know. He,
0: I, don't, I don't know about that. Ono for sure
1: may never get called up.
3: No, no, man. He should just okay. lost the weight and been the shield guy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, and that's okay. I mean, it's okay. So you liked
1: him when he was lighter. You're saying,
3: yes. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Hey, I got the same critique for guys too.
1: <laughs> uh, Undisputed era could go up at any moment and be solid See, on the roster. I think
3: that's a scary one for me. I love Kyle O'Reilly. I think he's a great wrestler, and I don't. I think he, if they went up as a tag team without Adam Cole. They would get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, it'd there. be the
0: revival.
1: They'd be the revival. And yeah. by the way, you talk about
3: this. I'm, I'm talking about the whole faction with Adam okay. Cole. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Roddy, Adam, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish. All yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. The
0: Roddy-Kyle O'Reilly team. They're good. Good, They're good fucking grief. I mean, it's going to be interesting when Bobby Fish comes back. Because, to I mean, with Strong in the fold they've obviously gotten some kind of more marquee opportunities than they did back when it was o- O'Reilly and fish teaming, but whew, O'Reilly and strong are like just out of this world. Yeah. And I, and I, fo- I found them to that pairing to be a little bit more interesting, quite frankly, than O'Reilly and fish. Yeah. When they put Roddy with the group, it completely turned him yeah. around. Do we think that they're, the way they're going with undisputed NXT is the three guys break off from adam cole and that's a feud
3: i hope not i like adam cole where he is with these guys i want to i want a legit stable somewhere not just yeah. three dudes i want four dudes and you know what if these call him up maybe call up cassius ono with them and have them join undisputed era too why not now
2: undisputed era needs to join up with kevin owens kevin owens has go. a long-standing friendship <laughs> with adam cole there you go. Uh, it would bring some more relevance to uh, KO because he obviously
3: <laughs> needs it now. They, yeah. I saw something. I think I was watching. It may have been. It was Adam Cole talking about when he debuted in NXT, and when he ran in, um, one of the persons he ran by was Kevin Owens, and when Kevin Owens saw him, they kind of glanced at each other, and Kevin Owens, the smile on his face was so big seeing Adam Cole joining NXT that's awesome
1: yeah um we're running out of time i want one more one more topic before we roll this thing home this evening um and that's ricochet so since ricochet just won the north american title um what do you guys think about ricochet's prospects on the main roster we've we've kind of talked about this in the past a little bit he's another guy i don't think should be in nxt that long um now obviously as a title holder so he'll be there a little while but uh I, I hope he doesn't go to 205 live when they bring him up. That would be a complete waste. Uh, he's smaller just like someone like Gargano but because of the acrobatic stuff that he does, I feel like he's kind of a once in a generational type talent that could be a massive star on the main roster. Uh, Justin. Where's Neville? <laughs> Where is Neville? <laughs> Neville can't I mean, Neville is, is a similar wrestler but uh, I think I like Ricochet more than Neville. I, I think, agree. I think his his uh ceilings higher. But very similar. It'd yeah. be a great match to see on the main roster. sit if Neville's sitting at home thinking about how well
0: booked he was as the as the cruiserweight Neville champion, and what the hell his, his problem was.
1: He apparently doesn't want to wrestle ever again because they're gonna just sit on that contract from the sounds of it. So I don't know what he wanted. Have... I mean, I
0: get the I get the I don't know, that's a different story, whatever. Fuck Neville. Um but no, it'll be interesting with Ricochet because he, the knock on him is going to be, well, he needs a certain opponent to have his kind of match. You know, what happens when Ricochet starts working with guys that don't do, quote unquote, his style match? So Randy
3: Orton, that's, I just heard you say Randy Orton in my I don't
0: know. I think, you know, I, I, to be honest with you, I think there'd be some cool RK out of nowhere spots you could do with them. I know you you guys probably don't want to hear that, but it's uh, my microphone falls speaking out out of nowhere.
3: He wouldn't shake Orton's hands, so he wouldn't get in. But
0: I I, I mean, I'm intrigued by it personally too, to see what Ricochet would do against, you know, guys that, that don't work his quote unquote style. Cause even Adam Cole, I mean, you know, it, it was a good match. Yeah. Well, it, it, in terms stylistically, not just a good match per se. Obviously it was a good, great match.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I just, I was thinking about that a lot watching him because I, I'm super high in him. I said on the podcast years ago that I, I he was my favorite guy in the Indies and uh, i think just think that i think the ceiling's really high for him
0: once I he finds the the
3: war
1: games on the next takeover is, yeah. is what i
0: saw a lot of speculation that
3: him um, and war raiders yes
0: yeah against uh, undisputed and then british strong style if they keep the same format they did last year with three teams of three i could see that being your war games match right there cuz Pete right. don they had him do a interview on dot com, which is obviously always done in kayfabe and done to further storylines where he's like, Oh, I wouldn't mind getting in there with ricochet. Well, I mean, that kind of telegraphs that, you know, they might be
3: doing something.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, Derek, thanks for joining the panel tonight. Hey, pleasure to have you on my friend.
3: Thank you. And uh, I haven't had a chance to really talk to all three of you guys in one spot. Um, WrestleMania weekend. It was absolutely awesome to get to hang out with you guys. Um, Me, Ryan and Justin, you know, we went to the brewery, for afterwards ate some crawfish drank a few beers and we watched some great wrestling shows so kyle it was great hanging out with you at mercury rising even though we had to move into our spots because some 450 pound man pushed out my cousin on the row we were on <laughs> oh that was so hilarious i felt bad for ted but then again i didn't because it Derek, wasn't me
1: that afternoon where we hit the brewery and had the crawfish was one of my highlights in new orleans that, that was, was a great a fun time. time same here We are definitely going to have to all get together again sometime in the future, whether it's a WrestleMania weekend, a SummerSlam, maybe in the future or something. Royal Rumble. I'm up for any of it.
3: Atlanta's going to be getting a new, has to be getting a big show here with that brand new stadium they have. So if they, the next big pay-per-view, if it's a big four in Atlanta, I'm probably going to go. And I'm sure, I think Ted's going to go up there with me.
1: Nice. And I'm hearing more speculation about Minneapolis in uh, 2020 for WrestleMania. And, uh, to kind of bring this full circle to what we haven't addressed on the show yet. Kyle Ross knows there's a lot of taco Johns, oh, in Minneapolis, dude. Minnesota. I have had for my birthday weekend, <laughs> so much taco Johns. So you
0: guys are friends with me on the old facebook.com. Uh, my wife had a few hours to kill. Um, she was, she works at a, a college here. Um, and she, she was um, helping transport a lot of the new students. There, there's a, nobody really cares about this, but I'll just make it quick. There's a lot of international students uh, at this school and she was picking them up at the airport and taking them to campus. Well, she had a break in the day uh, and it was my birthday. And she's like, well, what do you want to do? I've got like, you know, all afternoon. I'm like, you know, there's a Taco John's an hour South. Let's go. (laughs) And so the whole family, we loaded up, went to Taco John's on Friday. And then (laughs) on Saturday, we went to a party and my buddy, my good buddy surprised me. He had his dad, who came up from out of town, stop at that same Taco John's and bring it <laughs> to me. So I had Taco John's on back-to-back days over the weekend.
3: You know, y'all should really reach out to them about a sponsorship on your podcast with as much as y'all talk. I'm about saying it,
1: I'm sure. man. We need to. For those yeah. of you that have not tuned in, Taco John's and Kyle's love of it comes up almost every episode. Yeah. And <laughs> and when we were sitting in the restaurant, my family they even turned off Fox News and put on
0: put on MSNBC.
1: <laughs> there you go. It was meant to be
0: what a what a what a restaurant you think taco bell would do that
1: absolutely not (laughs) guys if you like this post show hit the subscribe button uh actually also throw us a like uh, down below the video i see we've got about 20 of you still tuned in though you guys were here for the long haul we appreciate it appreciate you guys tuning in and if you didn't like it go fuck yourself (laughs)
3: <laughs> I liked them better when they were lighter in NXT <laughs>
1: <laughs> no seriously though hit that subscribe button so you don't ever miss uh, one of our live casts you can check out the full archive plus everything we do we post the audio to iTunes toprobenation.com wherever you can find podcasts So you can check out the full archive we will be back with you um, middle towards the end of this week with another edition uh, I think it'll be episode 71 of Top road Nation those come after 70 yeah, I was trying to remember if this was 70 or 69. This was seven. 69 was the pre show. So, this was episode 70 of Top Rope Nation. Tell your friends, let's keep this momentum growing. And we will catch you guys next time. Good night.